0: as if the McCrispie couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispie. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. ba ba ba
1: Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. I, as always, am your host, Jared. I will be joined by my co-host, Matt, here shortly, But before I do, make sure you guys take a couple seconds to subscribe, like, comment, enjoy. Whatever podcast listening device you're on, make sure you guys are going on there and rating us, liking it, subscribing it. As well as heading over to Facebook and Twitter to follow both the Orange Weekly site as well as myself. I'm on there as at Coach Jared E. Make sure you guys are following us on all the social media outlets And I hope you guys are enjoying what has been an interesting season for the Denver Broncos as well as the Orange Weekly staff. We have a lot of things that we can bring to you each and every week, so we hope that you guys are enjoying it. With that being said, on this episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast, Matt and myself talk about what happened to the Broncos this year. We're officially out of the playoff race, and now we're going into a rivalry game at Oakland for probably the last game in Oakland we talk about Matt's odds of becoming the next corner for the Denver Broncos, as well as the fact that I might be insane that I picked the Denver Broncos to win each and every week. Not only am I and Matt going to give our predictions, but you'll hear it from all of the Orange Weekly staff. So thank you guys for listening in. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the Orange Weekly pregame podcast.
0: No orange, man. I'm running on, baby.
1: Welcome back, Broncos country, to another edition of the pre-game podcast brought to you by Orange Weekly, and as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Jared, joined by the greatest co-host in podcast history, Matt. Matt, how are you doing this week?
0: I'm doing it quite well this week, Jared. How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling it. Yeah. I'm definitely feeling the weekend. You know, uh, the good news about all this is we we know what our fate is for the season, uh, so we can... Stop, you know, getting dangled by a thread. But outside of that, it, it's never nice to lose, especially when you you break a streak of beating a team for I think it was like forty one years yeah. at home or something. Oh yeah, but hey, it's so. like I
0: said last week, man. This isn't uh, this is you know your 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 father's Browns or right? this is your grandfather's Browns back when they used to be really good. This is a different team. I don't think there's really you know much shame into, uh, into a loss to the uh, to the Browns anymore because this team just isn't isn't the same ridiculous, you know, embarrassing team that uh, we're so used to. Yeah, I, I
1: agree. And we saw it. Yeah. We definitely saw it um, by an injury-depleted team that we had. And they, they had a young and exciting team to watch. And they, they came out on top. And there's nothing we can do about that except move forward, which is exactly what we're going to do as we bring you the best that we can for a pregame against an Oakland Raiders team who – has the first overall pick in the NFL draft. They are the worst team in the league right now after San Francisco uh won their game last week as well. Oakland is the bottom feeders of the of the league, which is great to talk about, but now that makes it even more embarrassing of this game if we can't come out on top, right? Oh yeah, big
0: time. I mean, this is uh this Oakland Raiders team is really bad this year and uh, you know, the, the Broncos really need this win late in the season. Even if we can't make the playoffs, it's a morale thing. It's the last attempt to maybe perhaps save some coaches' jobs, but uh, I think it's a bit of a long stretch.
1: Yeah, I I don't think certain coaches are going to be sticking around. But speaking of coaches, something that Vance Joseph said that actually piques my interest a little bit, um, when he was talking about whether he thinks he still has a job going forward, was one of the things that he said was, you know, whether or not I have a job, both me and the players, all the coaches and the players are playing for – they're playing for their future, and they're playing for their resume. Yeah. Whether they stick with that team or not, that's what, that's to be seen. But they're playing for their resume, no matter that whether they stay there, they go somewhere else. Even if they go down to college, every game is is a resume builder for them. And I, I I thought about that for a minute, and I thought that is a pretty interesting place to be when you're when you're thinking about that, right?
0: Yeah, it really is. I mean at the end of the day, these people have jobs. And, and like you said, like this is really a good way for them to to boost up their resume. A lot of these players and coaches won't be here anymore. So they need to find uh, employment elsewhere in another team. And I think that, you know, these next couple games, we're going to see a lot of the depth players playing. We're going to see a lot of um, maybe creativity within the playbook and, and, uh, and, and the experience that, that they have on the field just to try and evaluate really these players and coaches performance. So I think, you know, there's some fun things to watch for sure, but it is heartbreaking that uh, it, it really leads to nothing other than maybe a better draft pick, you know?
1: Yeah. And this is two seasons in a row now where we've been taken out of playoff contention, pretty, obviously not with, with the last game or a last minute drive that took us out of playoff condition. It's it's two years in a row now that we've been playing the last couple of games of the season, knowing That after the season's over that's it like there's no more we're not playing for anything so it'll be interesting to see especially in this game I want to see what kind of uh offense we're going to see out of this this Denver Broncos and we can get into that in a little bit too but uh with nothing to play for sometimes that makes you more more scary than anything else oh definitely
0: you have nothing to lose anymore you know there's no more pressure you just have to play your best and and that's really all you can do I mean that's all they've had to do the entire year and it's been a a struggle, you know, at many times. But uh, right now, it's with nothing to lose. They're playing a trap game. I mean, not against the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders are, you know, this this should be a win for the Broncos. But I said that the Broncos should win many games this year and it didn't come through. So I think that's okay. Um, The last game of the season against the Chargers, though. I mean, the Chargers are already in the playoffs, but the Broncos could still come in and be a trap game here. So they still have some things to play for, but it's just a different mentality knowing that your season's ending on uh, you know December
1: thirtieth, so yeah, and and just to talk about that before we get into this pregame for the Oakland Raiders, um, talking about the AFC West, it's interesting to see you know Kansas City has been top of the AFC West all year long. Everyone's overlooked the Los Angeles Chargers this entire time, and and now they 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 are tied. They have the same record. However, uh, right now Kansas City has the tiebreaker, but that last game of the season could really mean home field advantage. And a first round bye for the Chargers. So it could you're right, it could mean a lot oh, going into yeah. it. And obviously we'll talk about that next week if you guys join us again. But that's gonna be an interesting one to talk about.
0: Definitely. And um if we're looking at, you know, this division two, the Chiefs are uh they're sitting at eleven and three. They do have the tiebreaker, but they play Seattle, it's a tough team, and they play Oakland in the last game of the season. So that last week the Chargers must win if they want any chance at home field advantage. So both leaders in the AFC West are gonna be facing, you know, uh, mediocre teams, we'll say. Uh, but both these teams can still come in and, and shake things up a little bit. So there's there's still a lot to be seen in this division.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that being said, speaking of the Oakland Raiders, let's go ahead and talk about What has happened? So we haven't played the Oakland Raiders since early in the season. Mm -hmm. And um, first week of the season, if I'm not mistaken, right? uh, Second week. Second Second game. Second game of the season. So second game of the season, we play an Oakland Raiders team that brings in a brand new head coach. They pay him millions of dollars. And they're expected to be these great this great thing before they get uh, moved over to Vegas. And they haven't been. They have been almost the laughing stock of the NFL this year. The way that they're handling players, the way that their coach has been going about things. Um, what what is different about this Oakland team now than what would have been scary at the beginning of the season when we talked about them in in week two?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, early in the season, we only beat them by one, right? 20-19. and Um, All 20 points came in the second half. So that means that the Broncos, we had a pretty... Pretty miserable first half, and then came back in you know, at the end of the game, which is all good. But what's different mostly from then till now is their offensive players, their star guys have changed. Marshawn Lynch has been an IR; he's not going to be playing this upcoming week. And in that first game, he had 18 carries, 65 yards for a touchdown, averaging 3.6 yards a carry. That's you know that's good. You run him three times, you get a first down, right? So that's that's efficient running. Um, and then their top receiver, Amari Cooper, had one of his best games this year: 10 catches, 116 yards, no touchdowns. Um, but both those guys are not playing jared cook was the uh, second leading receiver on that team and after that seth roberts so you know the the weapons are depleted for oakland i think the morale is gone um i think the writing's everywhere in the building you know this is a rebuild this is we're waiting to get to vegas before we fully invest it's it's a bit of a gong show right now and it's too bad for the fans of the Oakland raiders oakland raiders fans have been dedicated they've been engaged they've been just you know Great fans for the entire history of the team. And unfortunately, it's just not paying off this year. John Gruden experiment has not been off to a hot start, but that's uh, yet to be determined if it's going to work out or not.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny that you say the, t- the term, the experiment, because at this point, it kind of seems like that's what it is. What, they signed him for, what, eight years? Ten years, I think. Ten years. A t- ten-year, multi-million ten dollar million deal dollar. just like... yeah. Unreal amounts of money to, amounts. to bring him in and put him there and to give him a 10 just off the bat saying, we're going to keep you for 10 years. That's that's unreal. Oh, okay.
0: and, Let's not um, forget Reggie it, McKenzie, the, the GM for the Raiders got fired a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's a completely different They're obviously team. putting, they're putting all their... Go
1: ahead. They're putting all of their cards and all of their money into one head coach, and that head coach is not... Uh, I don't know. He's 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 cleaning house the way that he wants to, and I think that's part of the general manager firing is that he wants his team to be his way, and if somebody doesn't agree with him, he's getting rid of him. I mean, look at the guys that he traded. He got rid of Cleo Mack early in the season. Like, are you kidding me? And now he's yeah. going. He's moving on to the front office too. Hey, you don't agree with the way I want to see this program going? You're gone.
0: And, and- unfortunately, that's the you know that's the sort of consequence of the investment of making a head coach so permanent within the building. Like, you know, that might not have been a Reggie McKenzie move. I think that's more of a Mike Davis type of move. Right. And I think it's just, unfortunately, it's it's reverberating everywhere. And now Reggie McKenzie's gone, so they'll get another GM in. Uh, They've traded away all the picks Reggie McKenzie's pretty much made over the years. You know, it's a huge culture change. And the Raiders are just, like, unfortunately, they haven't had a consistent culture since probably, what, the 80s? Right? Or maybe the early 2000s when John Gruden was there. The first time they had a pretty strong team, but since then, you know, it's ever since that Tuck Rule game against the Patriots, the Raiders have just been so mediocre that they. It just seems yeah. like they never got over that, and I think it's still happening today.
1: I I agree, but let's not take this too much for granted as we're going into our our stats here. Mm. I'm just looking at what the Raiders have done. Obviously, they're a three and eleven team. Uh, you know, the worst team in the NFL right now. <laughs> they have the first overall pick as it stands. And we're a six and eight team. However, almost all their stats other than points, they just cannot get points yeah. on the board. They have an average of 18.6 points per game. While we're not too far behind, we only have 21.9, just just short of 22 points per game. But what really surprises me here is their total yards is even with us. They're getting just as many yards per game as we are. And they're throwing the ball much better than we are, obviously with Carr and um, like you said, Jared Cook. Obviously they got rid of Amari Cooper to the to the Cowboys who was just doing amazing things with the Cowboys, but um why why is it that that we we can say that they're such a terrible team and they're doing such a terrible job when the Denver Broncos are not doing much better other than Every once in a while, we'll we'll actually put the ball in the end zone.
0: Yeah, I think the big difference is um, the energy on the team. Like when I watch the Raiders play compared to when I watch the Broncos play, there's a bit of a different feel. The Raiders right now are made up by a lot of sort of, you know, mishmash free agents. You know, you got guys like uh, Doug Martin, who used to be big with the Bucks years ago. Um, right. You know, Marshawn Lynch, he's, you know, he's new as of last year, but he's you know, he's an older uh, personality as well. Martavis Bryant has been an issue all year. Um, yeah. he, even, not, you know, Jared Cook. Jared Cook's been really good, but if I... He came on the team last year. Yeah, last year, sorry. Jo- Jordy Nelson, he's new this year too. It's It's a lot of older, you know, players that are just trying to finish out the end of their career and the Raiders are bringing them in for these short-term contracts. And, you know, this is sort of like to tie into before they get to Vegas, I think. I think Vegas is going to be a big turnaround. Whereas the Broncos, I mean, there's a huge rookie class this year. This, you know, this year they got a rookie class that could be the foundation of the team for a long time. Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton philip Lindsay, bradley chubb to name a few these guys are going to be the foundation of the team so i think the broncos were you know were struggling a little bit but it's because of the youth and the mismatch of the youth with the culture i think there there needs to be a new coach in there to really maximize the, the roster whereas the raiders i think it's just a roster of guys that come in do their jobs they don't you know that's it that's all and and so the energy kind of changes right and the head coach is different they have different mentality it's so it's it's a lot of differences, but I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to the fact that the Broncos are young and hopeful and the Raiders are just kind of the same old unfortunate Raiders that they've been for the past you know, 15 years. And it,
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And, and it you, you say that they want to build up to be this big team and the big turnaround in Vegas, but they're not setting themselves up for success in, in that aspect. Like you said, they're, they're a bunch of older guys, but yeah. they're not setting themselves up. Well, I mean,
0: right now they've got the first overall pick in the draft. Right, that's a pretty right. good setup. Um, they've they,
1: they got it, one for Amari Cooper. They've got
0: one for Amari Cooper as well. So there's there's a lot of good things with the Raiders. You know, when I say that they're preparing for Vegas, I'm talking about like they're they're playing older guys right now just to mine these next couple of years, so that when they get to to Vegas, they have a good core. Uh, a good group of young players basically this year they got the Colton Miller the left tackle he's been playing okay this year but he's a rookie he's still promising Maurice Hurst as well PJ Hall's another good young defender Carl Joseph is still good Uh, you know so there's there's a number of players on the team that are still young they make a good foundation Um, but there's if you notice there's no big flash players like this year they got a defensive tackle an offensive tackle early in the draft you know, these aren't right. like players that you necessarily wear their jerseys, right? You know, I would not be surprised if I saw Derek Carr get traded next year um, and then they bring in some younger guys and with two first-round picks, now you bring in maybe a receiver, you bring in another offensive lineman, a DB perhaps, a safety, there's been a lot of good safeties recently. So there's, there's a lot of different things you can do so that in two years when you come to Vegas, you've got a good core of players that are just getting better as opposed to sort of falling apart as they are now.
1: Yeah, I, I, I want to agree with you, but I also don't want that to happen in any way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. I mean, nobody
0: really. Fought. That's not true. A lot of people like the Raiders, but uh, as Broncos fans, we shouldn't like the Raiders. They're the right. enemy. So, so we talked about the
1: offense, and we talked about how they're they're putting up just many yards. Just can't seem to do anything in the red zone. Can't seem to finish out their their drives. Uh, their rushing yards. They're they're less than a hundred yards per game uh, average, which is Really low, especially considering you have Marshawn Lynch back there. Every once in a while, he has a breakout game, but for the most part, they hold him in check pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what about this defense? I mean, our defense is letting up a one point three points shy of four hundred yards. We're left three hundred ninety eight point six yards per game, almost four hundred yards per game. Yeah, that is despicable. That's that is so disgusting. Hard. Yeah, and the, I mean, the worst team in the NFL and the Oakland Raiders are only are letting up three hundred ninety. So what is it that our defense needs to do with our injuries, and we could talk about that right now, but our injuries and everything else, to not let them put up 400 yards on us and keep us in this game?
0: Yeah, it's tough, man. Like The defense without Chris Harris is just, oh, I don't know, it's so shaky now.
1: I didn't realize, how, oh,
0: I didn't realize how good he was for this defense, how necessary he was. It's uh, its hard to watch. Like The defensive line is still very strong, but when the DBs are, are are so weak, it's I don't know what's gonna happen with this defense. It's it's really scary to watch. Kind of like you hold your breath every time the quarterback drops back. Yeah,
1: and and it's almost like you just know someone's gonna be open. And if the if we can see it on the, on the screen as it's happening, then the quarterbacks are seeing it oh, as it's course, happening as well. Of course,
0: you know it's just in terms of the depth and the quality of player out there right now. You know, there's there's good safeties yeah. on the Broncos. But at the end of the day, these safeties can only do so much when the people covering the receivers are just generally depth players, right? It's, yeah. it's hard. To- and, and,
1: and that being said, our safeties right now are playing our number two, number three corners yeah. because we're so injury depleted at at the corner position. I mean – uh Brandon Langley is questionable. I think he's going through concussion protocol. We have Isaac Yadam is questionable with his injury. Jamar Taylor, who ended up being the only corner on the field that, that for a little bit, is questionable going in, into this week's practice. Chris Harris is is out and probably going to IR, um, because, you know, we're out of the playoffs now and he's still got two weeks left to to rest up. So there's no reason to keep him there. Um Shaq Barrett, they said Shaq Barrett should be back as a linebacker and they're talking about putting him as a slot corner, which is a, another crazy like what why, we're, We we're we are piecing together a defense to finish out the season and trying to keep us keep us alive and keep us fighting, but at this point and we haven't made any trades haven't made any uh practice squad moves, nothing like that so right now we have one healthy corner in Bradley Roby who's also not exactly healthy. I feel like he was going through concussion protocol too mm. so all of these people that we're talking about are just are just every everything that's been wrong with our defense just got 10 times worse because now even the ones that were in there not doing well are out which means the guys that couldn't beat him in practice are now in.
0: Wow, so you're telling me that if I go try out for the Broncos they'd probably sign me. If the, at, at corner
1: position. Yeah, you have to go back and sign out as a corner. Although wow. I don't know if your uh, 5'2 40 is going to is going to um, play no, out I, for is a
0: a generous man. I'm probably like a 6'9 right now. <laughs> um I don't like I've lost quite a bit of weight in the last couple of years, but I don't know if they play 6'1 230 corner that's yeah uh, two six one two thirty yeah like that can run a six nine like man i can only imagine in front of jordy nelson you just laugh at me and score yeah, like I, 16 I, touchdowns
1: at this point all we need is some quick hands jam them at the line and then just don't go anywhere from there Are you
0: kidding me that guy's a beast man do you know what jordy nelson does in the offseason he go works the farm with his parents like, oh, yeah. this guy, man, he just, he kind of pisses me off, you know, he's really good on the field, <laughs> incredibly athletic, he works the farm, he probably saves all his money, he, you know, he, he's he's probably the nicest guy on the planet, you know, and it's just, uh, he, he really pisses me off with all his talent, and now he's on the, on the Raiders, I think that's karma for being so good for so many years, you know, he made the choice they, to go to the, Raiders right sent I, to the Raiders, I think he regrets that, that's a tough, t- man, I don't oh, know yeah. what he was expecting, but seeing a lot of teams you know kind of on the up he must be pretty uh, pretty disappointed
1: yeah yeah that, that was a that was tough for him mm-hmm. I mean nobody really saw the Raiders doing what they did this year though after they were so successful for the past couple of years so you know obviously that was something that he was not expecting to go into and kind of got uh, backlash but speaking of awesome home bodies and home friendly we, we just got word that Philip Lindsay is the first ever undrafted rookie to make the pro Bowl in his first year. Wow. I think that is I think that is that A that's record setting. That's the first ever in the history of the Pro Bowl to happen. Um and B it it's deserving. I think he absolutely deserves that honor and and congratulations to Philip Lindsay for that. Uh, I I'm, I'm without words. Yeah, that
0: is that is outstanding. Outstanding. This guy must be on top of the world right now.
1: He is. He's still again probably at his parents' house right now, uh, <laughs> eating eating a home cooked meal from his mom, talking about how he's the first undrafted rookie. But congratulations yeah, to him uh, yeah. also on that. Von Miller was drafted to the first round, and then uh, or for uh, the Pro Bowl, and then we have a couple standbys as well. So if for whatever reason the main player is makes it to the Super Bowl, we have some alternates that could go down in their place. But uh, yeah, that's, that's that's awesome for really for cool. Philip Lindsay. Yeah.
0: Definitely,
1: Philip Lindsay. That's a great honor. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into our predictions a little bit. We talked about, you know, what we think about the Raiders. We talked about some some stats here and there. Um, we talked about your lack of speed at the corner position. Yes, um, let's talk a little bit about our prediction. So again, both teams aren't playing well. One team almost looks like at this point they should just tank and take that first overall pick because they now they have two first first round picks. What do you think? What, what do you let's go with your prediction. Let's just start with your prediction. What do you what do you think is going to happen in this game?
0: I think we're going to see two teams that don't make the playoffs kind of go out and just play football. You know, nothing really special. I think like we talked earlier, it's nothing to lose from both sides. So, you know, this could just be a, a fun game of football to watch. Uh, with that being said, I think the Broncos do come out on top. I think that they have an edge over the uh, the Raiders, um, even though they are traveling to to Oakland. I don't think that really makes a difference this week. And I think the Broncos do win. I think they win narrowly, but they win at 24-21. Do
1: you think it's going to be like a last minute thing, or
0: is it going to be? Um, you know. I think they might be leading twenty four twenty one for a bit longer, and the Raiders try to make a comeback and like throw some interception or, or get a fumble or you know something like that. But I think that at the end of the day, it's the Broncos are really going to be uh, the ones that come out on top. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: I, I'm with you on that one. I have yet in the two years of doing this podcast gone against the Broncos and. It has obviously bit me more times than not <laughs> yeah, uh, only, with our record these last couple. Only years.
0: fools have never changed their minds, Jared.
1: Right, right. Uh, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing expecting different results. That's, right? that's exactly. I'm just going to keep. I'm just going to keep predicting yeah. and expect that I'm just going to be right every time. Yeah, that's
0: okay, man. Hopefully, you know, I'm rooting for you. I really am. Yeah, so
1: so, <laughs> I think the Broncos are going to take it. Um, Again, this is a nobody wins scenario because even if, if Raiders do win, they're looking at giving up their early draft spot. If we win, you know, people are going to talk about us giving up drafts, draft picks and, and our position in the draft. But I, at where we are right now, that kind of middle of the road, we're there with probably like eight or nine other teams right in that middle of the road. For draft picks, I don't think it really matters if we win out the next two games or if we get the two draft picks before. And if you want to hear, you know, Matt and I talked. We we talked about uh, this whole draft concept, and is it really that big of a difference having an early draft to a later draft? And and as long as you are scouting the talent correctly, you should be fine. And obviously, John Elway has shown this last year, not two years ago, but last year, that he can pick up these quality draft guys later on in the draft. So I am not too worried about our draft stock right now and i think i think with that attitude and even the players attitude i think we're going to take this i think it's going to be our first sorry our second next to arizona uh decisive game of the year i think we win this uh 21 to 7 i think it's going to be the final score nice good call so with that being said as always we are going to turn it over to the rest of the orange weekly crew and see what the staff has to say and what their predictions are. So go ahead and take it away, guys.
0: What's going on, Broncos country? Tanner Lee and Jeff Ryan, the hosts of the Orange Weekly postgame podcast, here with you once again. And uh, Jeff, uh, playing those pesky Raiders at Oakland Monday night, what's your prediction?
1: Unfortunately, Tanner, I think the Raiders are going to win this football game. Um, I think we're completely decimated on defense um, our offense is boring and unimaginative, so I think the Raiders win this game 23-13. to
0: I wouldn't be surprised, but I just cannot pick the Raiders over the Broncos, so I'm going Broncos win a close loan scoring game of 20-17. to Broncos country, what's going on? This is David from the Beers, Broncos, and No BS show. And No BS, guys, it's kind of been a sad season. We're all kind of just pouring dirt on the grave that is this season so far and we're trying to do the best we can to move forward you no know, more drama surrounding the team comes out this week from the front office and the coaching staff as well uh, but we'll see Raiders week can always focus this team up it's a big time rivalry and for that reason I think we do bounce back this week get the win 20 to 13 Old oh, Broncos
1: hey guys Kev Dan here and you know what forget last week forget the 49ers game forget the whole season we are playing the Raiders. And nothing is better. I could ask for no better Christmas gift from Santa than beating the Raiders. So, last time that the Raiders will be playing in their home stadium, you know, we're not sure what their plans are for next year yet. They don't even know. Uh, but we're out of the playoffs. Let's go out there and uh, play like we have nothing to lose, because we don't. Uh, and let's just demolish the Raiders in their own stadium one more time. I mean, that'd be freaking awesome. So, I'm going to be the optimist this week uh, and say I don't care about the last couple of weeks. We need to go out there and show what we're made of. Broncos are going to win uh 27 to 13 uh and it's just going to be phenomenal making us all really happy on christmas so uh with that being said go broncos take care guys and we'll catch you later all right thank you so much to the orange weekly staff for those amazing predictions each and every week we will bring you our predictions on this podcast the pregame podcast so make sure you guys are listening in make sure you guys are rating us and commenting on us our stuff Uh, and if you guys want anything on the show if you like what you hear if you don't like what you hear go on to our facebook page and let us know it's the only way we're going to know if we're giving you the stuff that you guys want to hear and uh, that's what orange weekly is all about and we want to see what the fans are thinking not so much what the media is thinking we want to talk to you guys so please go on there comment Like our stuff, share it with your friends and family, and we will keep bringing you something every week and almost every day at this point to to keep you up with the Broncos news. All right, with that being said, we're going to get into some NFL talk with a segment that we introduced two weeks ago called, Does That Change Your Mind? Basically, we're going to ask each other questions that we have not asked each other before. Sometimes it's based on something that we've said in earlier podcasts. Sometimes it's just general NFL questions, but... We're basically finding out if something that happened in those last couple weeks has changed our minds about the way we think about something. And Matt, if you don't mind, I will start with my question. By all means. Okay. All right. So I don't know when it was. I want to say it was right after Hugh Jackson was fired in Cleveland. We were talking about the Hugh Jackson firing, and you said that no team that fires their coach midseason would make a playoff push. However... The Cleveland Browns just beat the Denver Broncos and are, are possibly pushing for the playoffs. Um, does that change your mind about firing coaches midseason?
0: No, um, because I don't think that I don't think the Browns are going to make the playoffs. There's a lot of things that need to happen. Um, however, I'm rooting for them. If they make the playoffs, I will gladly eat my words. Um, I, I still don't think that a team that fires their coach midseason has, you know, a good chance to make the playoffs. I don't think they're aiming to make the playoffs. I think the Browns are really inspirational at this point. The the, the work they've done with Greg Williams at the helm, with, with Freddie Kitchens running the offense has been just outstanding. Um, but the Browns, unfortunately, you know, they, they play the Bengals, which I think they can easily win. But then they play the Ravens. The last week, right? So if they play the Bengals, they're going to be, and they win against the Bengals, it would be 7-7-1, coming at the, Raven, the Ravens. They've already beat the Ravens once, but that's okay. It's really hard to beat the same team twice, and they're going to be at Baltimore. So I think it's going to play a difference. And they need the Steelers to lose out. They need the Ravens to lose out. They need a bunch of stuff to happen. like They need the Titans, the Colts to lose out, the Dolphins as well. So there's a lot that needs to happen for the Browns to get there. Um, however. You know, it really doesn't it, it doesn't change my mind, to be honest, if you fi- if you fire a coach midseason, it's kind of like, you know, the, the years are wash. Does that answer your question? Yeah,
1: yeah no, it does. It does. Because that was exactly what we were talking about. We we're talking about the whole if you fire a coach midseason, you're basically saying that you're ready to rebuild for next season. You're not trying to fix that season in particular, like a lot of people think they are. Like a lot of yeah. people will call for firings of coaches in week three <laughs> and saying, "Oh, they're playing, they're coaching terribly," but really all that does is is it doesn't help the team. It no. basically says, "Okay, we're done with this season and we're giving up on the season." But I, with what what Cleveland's done, you're right; it's inspirational, and I think it's a an exception to the rule. And I think that just shows that the Cleveland Browns. Um, that not just the players and the team, but the coaches they have in there now, have really have something special going forward because they can do something like that and still rally around it. I think that's special.
0: It, it really is, and I think it's um, it's a testament too to uh, to Greg Williams. I think that you know I, I never expect him to make it this far in the season. Um, it's really cool to see him, see them still fighting for the playoffs, but um, they're still in rebuild mode. You know, so I guarantee that Greg Williams will be the head coach next year. There's a lot of change right. com- changes coming to the Browns. Right. However, I think Freddie Kitchens might stick around. Ooh, he's been doing pretty well. I think so too. I think Freddie Kitchens, if he doesn't stick around there, he's gonna be a very, very hot candidate in the offseason. Absolutely, absolutely. Good. Well, All right, you got any questions for me? I do. Now, unfortunately, I I couldn't really go back and, and think of something, you know, that you said to change your mind. However, I've come up with a couple questions that I think you know okay. sort of fall into this. Um, now this isn't something that fast fire was that fast fire yeah exactly quick right. fire round yeah yeah exactly um, okay so you know this isn't necessarily something we've talked a lot about but this is something that sort of occurred to me I'd say yeah maybe last week this week um, and it's it's with the uh, the New England Patriots now the New England pa- New England okay. Patriots are nine and five there hasn't been a yes. whole lot of talk about this team um they god yeah thank yes first of all thank god I'm kind of second tired here hearing <laughs> new England Patriots all the time but nevertheless you know are the Patriots becoming a sort of non-factor like they're making the playoffs but I mean for them it's you know big whoop who cares they've lost a few tight games you know they're just not necessarily the team that um we're, we're so used to seeing is this like the beginning of the end for the Patriots Yes, oh, absolutely.
1: Man. I think this is uh, so here's here's the difference between this year and I'd say the last 10 years that they've been around is there nobody is afraid to play the Patriots anymore. Ooh. And that that fear of oh my gosh, I'm going up against Bill Belichick, I'm going up against Tom Brady is gone because you see teams taking advantage of the mismatches and and some of the things that they have as their weaknesses. And obviously, I don't think it took 10 years. I still think Tom Brady is, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks. Well, of course, yeah. um, and, you know, Bill Belichick still went probably going down as the greatest coach. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we could we talked about that before on a podcast earlier, too, but the greatest coach in NFL history. And with that being said, I, I think they're just getting older. And I think that the the fear of the New England Patriots are gone because they're not the team that they used to be. And Over time, that just happens. I think that's that's the NFL for you. You know, we talked about the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns were probably one of the greatest teams in the league, you know when our grandfathers were watching and then and then our our fathers are watching, they were in the middle of the road. We while we were watching, it's they're the worst team in the history of the NFL for three years straight. Now they're they're coming back up. It's it's just the way that the NFL goes, I think, and I kinda like that. Absolutely. I like that there's there's not one team like the Yankees or the or the Red Sox that just continue to dominate through decades and decades of uh, football. So Yeah.
0: It's I mean we can make a case for maybe like the Steelers. Steelers have been a really good team for a number of years. Right. Um, But at the end of the day I think you're right i think the patriots are coming to the end of their era you know of, of domination which is about time I'm, I'm sick and tired of seeing the patriots win all the time um but you know what's interesting <laughs> is we i look at their losses this year and you know to the jaguars they lost 31 20 this jaguars right. team this was earlier in the season but still it's a jaguars team that's abysmal this year right they lost to yeah. the to the lions 26 to 10 back-to-back losses um then they go on the uh the, to the lions too i mean matt patricia another you know, head coach of the lions so that was pretty cool to watch and then they they go yeah. for weeks and weeks without you know losing a game but they you know they beat the chiefs they barely came out. so you know there's still signs of the very dominant patriots we should never count them out and this is not me saying yeah. that they're counted out um you know but the patriots they beat the chiefs they beat the bears who are both two really good teams and then they, they stumped on the, the Bills, they, they stumped on the Packers, and then they got beat by the Titans, which was surprising to everyone. Um, and then again, like you know, they beat the Jets, everybody beats the Jets. They beat the Vikings. Vikings this year, another sad story, and they're just very underwhelming. Um, and then again, two back-to-back losses to the Dolphins and the Steelers. So this is yep. twice now that the Patriots, Patriots have had two back-to-back losses in the same year. And you know, I, I don't know the numbers on this. It would be interesting to look – into you know how many times it's happened in the Bill Belichick era, but I'm sure it's probably never. Um, so now they've got the Bills and the Jets the last two games of the season. These are you know easy games in my opinion. This has been there done right, right. for the Pat. So they'll they'll probably finish eleven to five. They'll they'll be in contention for maybe a first round bye, maybe home field advantage depending on how other games go. But to me, the, this is just not the scary uh, Patriots team we've seen over and over again. And you make an interesting right. point. as how that players are just no longer afraid to play them. That's very interesting. Yeah, and, and,
1: and I don't want to go I, – I agree with you on that, and I don't want anybody to think that I don't think the, the Patriots are a good team. I still think that they're a good team. And honestly, I still think that they have a chance to win the AFC and go back to the Super Bowl because of, of the experience that they have. Of course. However, they're just not – they're not the the Vegas easy money anymore. It used to be if the Patriots were playing anybody like the Jaguars or I mean like you said the next two games against the Jets and the Bills, I'm not going to put my money on the Patriots knowing that's a guaranteed win yeah. just because of who they are now. Um, where you know the past 10 years it used to be easy money. Just go and you know they, no matter how much they were favored or not favored by you, you knew that they were going to take it away and That was just a guarantee, and they're just not anymore. And that's why it's going to be interesting in this AFC race uh, once the playoff starts. And, um, you know, we'll be bringing you podcasts even through the the playoffs, even though the Broncos aren't going to be in it. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the team that they have going forward. Definitely,
0: definitely. Okay, I've got another question for you then. Okay. Um, Probably the biggest surprise for me in, uh, in in the NFL last week was the Redskins winning. Now, the Redskins yes. are a team that, um, you know, they lost Alex Smith to a gruesome injury. They've lost Colt McCoy the next week to a very similar injury. Mm-hmm. They bring in Mark Sanchez. Whenever you bring in Mark Sanchez, it's always the biggest sign of desperation, and it didn't work yeah. out. Now they've got Josh Johnson playing a quarterback, and they won a game. Like, wow, that's impressive. And now they're still in contention for the playoffs, believe it or yeah. not, right? So. You know, are the Redskins going to be able to hold off the rest of the year since, um, let me just pull up their next games here, they're playing the Titans and the Eagles. Do you think they can pull it off or do you think the Redskins are, We got to call them off, they're down in the dumps?
1: I don't I don't think they're dumb, but I'm also not I'm not gonna bring again <laughs> I know I've used this analogy, but I'm not gonna bring my money to Vegas saying that they're gonna make it. And this is why. They are they are the team that has so much heart right now. And I, I feel like they're probably the one team in the league that's playing with more heart than any other team in the league. They've they've gone through a lot to be where they are and to continue playing good football against good teams. And um, unfortunately, after a little bit, that kind of runs out. You still need the talent and you need uh, the experience to to make it towards the playoff push. Because let's be honest, their next two games are basically playoff games. They need yeah. to win out and they need to finish out strong in order to um, make, the, make the playoffs. But you know what? They're playing good football and they're playing good football with guys that aren't known. And I like seeing that. I just don't think that it's going to be able to hold off. Basically, for three games in a row just to be able to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, fair. All right, you go.
1: Okay, so last two weeks ago when we did this, we talked about our favorites in the NFC for the Super Bowl. After Chicago's dominating performance over Green Bay, uh, do you give more props, Chicago? Do you think Chicago is going to make a better run in that very tight NFC race? Because of their defense, or do you still give it up to New Orleans and and the team that they have? And let me let me add on this: New Orleans only scored twelve points against a Carolina defense. The game was twelve nine, probably the most boring game of the week.
0: Yeah, um, I wouldn't say it was boring game of the week. It was a very defensive <laughs> game. I saw Cam Newton get put on his butt many a times, which I love to watch. Um, but you know what? The Chicago Bears defense has been. Um, really good like it's it's hard to dismiss their talent i think they're right now other than the ravens who you know their offense is struggling i think the bears are one of the more exciting teams to watch especially that they've got mitch trubisky who just seems to get better week in and week out so the bears are really exciting to watch now i would still put my money on see here here we go talking about money i would still bet on the (laughs) saints beating the bears i think the saints are um still the best team in the nfc you know, even even with their loss to the Panthers, I mean, it's still a win. You know what I mean? Even if they didn't go and right. score those, those 40 points we're used to seeing, they still came out, came through a very tough game and won. Um, I, th- right. I think a game that mostly concerns me is probably the, the loss to the Cowboys, 13-10. to 10. But as we talked about, you know, that was two Thursday night games in a row. It is what it is. Um, but, I, you know, the Saints, they're playing the Steelers and the Panthers again. The the matchup against the Steelers, I think, is going to be a good indication as to what kind of Saints team is going to be coming to the playoffs. But when I look at the Bears, you know, they, they barely beat the Cardinals. Um, they lost to the Dolphins. They lost to the Pats. They uh, What's what's another tight game they had here? Um, they lost to the Giants as well not too long ago in overtime. And right. they, they kept the Rams to six points, though, which is pretty impressive and then they they beat the packers that we just discussed so the the bears are playing the 49ers and the vikings last two games of the season so i think it'll be an easy road for them into the playoffs but i would love to see the saints versus the bears in the championship game i think that would be a really really good matchup um i think they're
1: but you think the saints still take it home
0: i still i still think the saints are a better team overall they've got more consistency their coaching is stronger and they got Drew Brees, right. and Drew Brees is, is somebody yeah. that he's, you know, he's seen every defense possible in the last, you know, 15 years of his career, so I'm I'm not worried about Brees going up against the Bears, um, I just think that, you know, these are all good teams, I think right now the Bears, the Rams, and the Saints are the, the teams to beat in the NFC, and um, it'll be interesting how they all sort of fall together. I agree, I agree. I,
1: I got one more question yeah. for you, and this will bring it back, and we'll we'll end on this. But uh, bring it back to the AFC West. We talked about this right now. Kansas City has the one-up on L.A. L.A. just beat Kansas City this last week, but Kansas City still owns a tiebreaker. With the last two games of the season, who wins the AFC West and takes home field advantage for the AFC?
0: Mm, that's a really, really good question. Man, so here, tough, here I'll, I'll give you tough. this.
1: So la's next two games are the ravens yeah. who we just talked about have a very good defense yeah. and then the broncos who have nothing to lose but to beat los angeles chargers and the kansas city chiefs are playing the seahawks which again can't count them out they have very good coaching and the the raiders so both teams have a difficult game and a not so difficult game going forward
0: yeah it's uh, it's hard to it's hard to really see where it's going to go um i i You know what? I think the Chiefs are still going to come out and win. I think that they just have, um, I think the Chiefs and the Chargers are both going to win out the rest of the season. To be completely fair, I think they're both going to finish at uh, 13 and three. Um, But I still think the Chiefs, since they have a tiebreaker, are going to be able to to just maintain that lead and, and hopefully get that first round by. Uh, cuz the Seahawks are a really strong team but the Seahawks again have been sort of hot and cold all year. You know they they lose to the 49ers by 3 but they beat the Vikings by 14. Um, they beat the 49ers 2 weeks before by like, you know, 30 points, right? They lost to the Chargers. Uh, they lost to the Rams both times. You know, they're they're sort of a a team that's in the middle of a, a restructuring. They're not rebuilding, yeah. they're just restructuring. Um, I, I think the Chiefs have an advantage. And I think the Chiefs definitely have an advantage over the Raiders. Um, You know, even if they don't play the best game in the world, they can still be the Raiders. So I think the Chiefs do win out, even if the Chargers make a push. And I think the Chargers win out as well, and they're going to be a force in the playoffs too. I, I really like the Chargers this year. They're really exciting. Yeah, I, I I
1: like them too and they they're fun to watch and they're a team that's been counted out and I, and the other thing I think that's working for them is this is the first year that people aren't talking about them. Yeah. You know, they're not you know, after the move from San Diego to LA last year, they were all talking about how terrible uh that was. The media presence around it was just all negative. And now this year there's no negative media, but there's also no positive media. There's no media at all because they've been taken over by the Rams being so doing so well and I mean they're both playing. I mean they're both they have the same record right? Oh yeah. Yeah, they have the same record. So that's it's crazy to think that, that uh, that's happening and obviously living in California you see a lot of Rams and and uh you know I live in San Diego so lots of Chargers talk but um the big one is is talking about the stadium going forward but we yeah. we can get that into another podcast but I agree I think that uh Kansas City is going to finish it out I think that they have a stronger presence. I think the Chargers are just they're, the games that they're winning are just too close, and Kansas City can can take away a team and take away a team somewhere all way too easy. So I think they're just going to finish it out, and they're going to finish strong and, and win, uh, and get that home field advantage through the playoffs,
0: Perfect. which
1: is dangerous because the only people that have beat them at home this year has been the Chargers. This last week, that's the only game that they've lost at home, and I think in the past like couple of years, so. That's, uh, that's going to be dangerous for anybody in the AFC. That road to the Super Bowl in the AFC is going to have to go through Kansas City in that daunted Arrowhead Stadium.
0: Oh, it's a very, very tough road to the playoffs right now. Okay, one last question before I leave. very quick one. Out of the Raiders, okay, of Chiefs, and the Chargers, which team do you like the least as a Broncos fan? The Raiders. Okay, perfect. That's, 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 not, perfect. A question. that's not a question. No, cool. I, hate, I hate all of them.
1: I hate all of them equally. I just hate the Raiders more equally.
0: <laughs> yes, that's that's very fair. I believe that is the technical term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's straight More from equally. Oxford Dictionary. Definitely. Yeah yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, all right. Well, with that being said, thank you guys for listening in. Uh, thanks again for for liking, subscribing, commenting. Um, hit us up on our Facebook videos. Make sure you guys are hitting us up on the Instagrams and Facebook and uh, <sighs> Tweeters. Um, I got myself my my. Uh, my Twitter, and I still have to again, like an old man, have to look up what my tweeter name is.
0: Oh, um, wow, oh, Jared. Yeah, hey,
1: but hey, you know what? I've been posting stuff on there a lot about oh. uh, a lot of Bronco stuff. Um, so my my Twitter is at Coach Jared E. I tweet. I've been tweeting. Nice. So yeah, no, I've been I've been uh, trying as hard as I can to not not be terrible at this Twitter thing, but uh, I only have six yeah. followers, so I have to like. I have to I have to like tag <laughs> somebody else don't advertise I have that. to I have to tag somebody else in my comments just to get people to read them. it's weird it's it's interesting but
0: it is you know being a guy that works a lot with uh, university students yeah. um, I would not advertise that you have uh, six followers that's enough to to get you shunned I think. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> so I, if, yeah, it's, I, if that's your social status right now. Hey, if I
1: don't get at least like ten to twelve followers, but ten let's say ten to twenty followers off of this podcast and the shows by the end of this mm. season, I'm will delete it immediately.
0: Yeah, just retire I'm just gonna retire
1: Sorry. it. It's gonna be good done. So all right, so any last words? We have, we have a big game coming up, you know, obviously a big division rivalry game. Um, these games always get heated. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple fights uh, that break out, just generally, naturally, Ooh. Broncos and Raiders games. But uh, any last words for our listeners?
0: Go Broncos.
1: Go Broncos. All right, guys, happy one. Orange
0: man. orange, man. I'm rocking orange, man.